Hello, spreaders. Welcome to The Spread. I'm your host, Kaz. Now, before we get into today's episode, I just want to remind you quickly, if you're not subscribed to the podcast, please do so now on whatever app you use to get your podcasts from. The Spread Podcast is available to you. Just make sure you hit the subscribe button. And of course, please don't forget to write us a dope review. That way we can stay at the top of the charts just for you guys. Okay, wait, 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 wait. I know you've read the title of the podcast, and before you start dismissing this episode as one of those that's not relevant to you, could you just wait and give this episode a chance? Okay, so I'll I'll probably try putting the most basic words. Usually means the organs in the pelvic area of, of, of a woman falling out of place, so they drop down into the vagina. That's why it's called vaginal prolapse. So there are different organs in the pelvis. So you find at the front is really the urinary bladder. Mm -hmm. So that can drop down into the vagina. So you have an anterior vaginal prolapse. Mm -hmm. The most popular causes of vaginal prolapse are childbirth, menopause, and hysterectomies, which is the surgical removal of the uterus. Still nothing? Okay. Some of these situations might ring a bell. You're sitting down, having a drink with your girls, and something hilarious happens and you burst out laughing. Oops. You literally peed your pants. Or it's leg day at the gym and your trainer just asks you to do 30 jumping jacks. But before you can even do the third one, you realize that your bladder won't let you be great. Vaginal prolapse is a lot more common than we imagine. So even if none of these symptoms apply to you, the useful tips and tricks that our guests share in this episode are bound to elevate your sex life. But do remember that this podcast is not an alternative to the counsel of a trained medical professional. If you have any of the symptoms described here, please seek medical advice while keeping in mind that, as Moomby so eloquently put it, good doctors are made better by women who know what they need. special guest for today is my friend Mumbi. Mumbi, what surname do you identify with? Let's just go with Mumbi. Okay, I like Mumbi. Mumbi is perfect. <laughs> We're on, I mean, I'm Kaz. I'm on a one-name basis. So it's fine. Yeah, you can be Mumbi too. But Madonna, Beyonce, we can rule like Actually, that, Actually, all right? the best people. <laughs> yeah, only one. one-name yeah. really people. Because they're not owned. Yeah, that's true. That's I like that. Yeah. Also, Mumbi is my pole dancing soul sister, which I find kind of strange to call you my soul sister because your daughter Maya is also my soul sister. But it's, it's okay. okay. It's okay it's to fine. have soul sisters. Yes, who are mother and daughter. Yeah. It's fine. So I think your family is like my soul family. Because I really like all your relatives, by the way, your siblings. Yeah, you know many, yeah? Yeah. Actually, you know, you know siblings, you know do- well, one daughter. You met the others. I have. You have. Yeah. Your dogs. Actually, my dogs. And then she's trying to. She's trying to give me another dog. Just I'm just. No. It just like just Max no. doesn't like anybody but you. 
You're literally the only person that Max likes. It's because I told you I showed him respect. I came correct. You have to come correct. These people who don't understand, they think that dogs are like teddy bears. They're dogs. They've got feelings. That's true. And egos. Egos more than anything. Especially Max. Max is, a, is an old man trapped in a dog body. Yeah, he is. Yeah. He is. I'm mistreated, like in a like a yeah. like a post office job, you know, shouted out by his wife who can't cook. Yeah, that's who Max is, poor thing. Yeah, so he really does like the love. He needs it. Yeah, which is why he should come home with you. No. <laughs> Anybody who's listening to this who knows me is screaming, "No!" Mumbi owns about twenty dogs. <laughs> so this is amazing. Four, four. Are they really four? There are only four, and my mom has two. Those are my mom's dogs. Those are not my dogs. Oh. I've really let them go. In the last six months, I've really let them go. So I only have four. Oh, so yeah, so five's not a bad number. No, four is, is fine. Thanks. Okay. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> okay, Um. so thank you so much for coming on the spread. Thank you. Um, you're a lot of fun. You're funny. People are going to like you. I've forced them to. Maybe you'll come back again. Let's see how this goes. Let's see how this goes. (laughs) Let me breathe. (laughs) But today we're here to discuss some really serious issues, which um, I am just going to sit and listen to because I am a student. Um, I I think maybe just give us a little backstory, Mums. At least two years before I got pregnant with my last born. Which is how many years ago now? She's nine. Is she nine? Yeah, she's nine. Okay. Which would be about 11 years ago. Okay. And we had this boot camp where, you know, we would get together and we would exercise and stuff like that. And what I found was I would I, I would leak if I couldn't do jumping jacks. You know, hey, jumping jacks. Even now when I do them, I smile. I'm like, I can do jumping jacks. You know, I'd have to make sure that I had a completely empty bladder. And my friends would tell me, you know, kegels, just do kegels. So I just do kegels. Mm, I don't. Rem- I can't remember if it was ever resolved. I just remember that there was a time when it was very bad. So I started doing my Kegels, and I think it improved. Okay, then I got pregnant with Sahara and um, my fourth child. So I think having kind of stress incontinence was par for the course. It's normal. You know, you're told that it's normal. You know, you're carrying your little... It was geriatric pregnancy. I'm doing air quotes, geriatric pregnancy. <laughs> I was a little bit older, so I expected that I was going to have some issues. And I had a very easy pregnancy, um, very easy birth. Uh, but afterwards, so post uh, postpartum, I felt that my body wasn't right. You know, I felt that there was... It felt like there was a hanging feeling in... See here, use proper words, like vagina. You can use all <laughs> no the vaginal words you want There's to use. all of them. Pum pum, pussy, <laughs> vagina, kuma, All cunt, of them. All. Every single one of them. Ah, yeah. So I, I just felt like something wasn't right. And the doctor had now cleared me for sex. So you cleared for sex. But I told him, I, I don't know, just have a look. Because it doesn't feel right. And the doctor said, no, everything is fine. Everything looks like it's normal. Could you describe that feeling that it's not right? It just felt like there was something hanging. Like there was a bulging within my vaginal canal. Okay. You know? Um, But I had, you know, but you're being told. That it's fine. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think that this is a thing that 
doctors do to women. And I think that a man wouldn't have just said it's fine. He would have gone for 17,000 until somebody agreed with him. Mm-hmm. But we don't want to rock the boat. Um, but I went to my alternative medicine doctor who I hadn't really discussed this with her. It was a new relationship. And I remember she put me on a remedy, which really helped kind of pull up the muscles. Right. So six. Anyway, a little bit later on, I remember just not feeling anything, you know, um, sensations during sex were reduced to, to, to nothing, you know. Wow. And I was talking to my girlfriends and they kept on asking me, but what does it feel like? I said, it feels like an open handbag, like a plastic bag, an open top of a plastic bag. I felt like I had no muscle within the vagina. I felt that I, you know, I mean, I knew that I had muscle because at times I would check to see how things are going. And what I noticed was there was something bulging. Now, Check with your fingers? No, with I would look. So I'd lift a leg, you know, with a mirror in front of me, and I would check inside. And I could see a bulge. And if I did my Kegels and kind of pushed the muscles up, it would go. So my assumption in my head was it's a muscle. It just needs working on. Mm. It took me how many years? Maybe another 18 months maybe even longer, I can't really remember, where I said, okay, enough is enough. I can't walk around with this kind of sensation. I've been doing Kegels. Kegels are not working. Nothing is working. Something is definitely wrong. Um, Let me go and see. So I I talked to a friend of mine, you know, one of my girlfriends who was was telling her about the handbag problem, and she referred me to her guy, OBGYN. So I went to see him, and immediately he just looked, and he said, you have a sister still. So what you have is a separation, your muscles, you you know, your vagina is made up, you know, your pelvic floor is made up of many muscles. And one of those muscles opens up. I'm trying to describe it, but (laughs) I think I need my hands and you guys can't see my hands. Anyway, I have. Okay, so it says that when the front wall of the vagina prolapses. Yes. As a result, the the bladder also prolapses. So mine was a vaginal. So no, it was my uterus. Was it my bladder? It might have been. Okay. So it's a separation of the muscles. So the muscles separate and they allow whatever they're supposed to be holding in. Okay. So if you put your fingers together, that's what the muscle looks like, right? Okay. And that muscle is holding a lot of stuff. It's holding your uterus, it's holding your bladder, it's holding all this okay. stuff. And then that muscle separates. And then these things start peeking through. Mm-hmm. So he told me this is what I have. And the only option was surgery. So, you know, I I was triumphantly correct (laughs) that there was something wrong. I was like, I knew there was something wrong. 18 or so months later. Yeah. But I was angry. But I think that, you know, when I look back on it, I was mostly angry at myself because I had basically handed over my body to somebody to tell me that everything was fine. Mm. And I just agreed. Mm. I mean, I know my body. I know. I knew that things were not right. So, um, needless we, to say, that's the last time you saw that doctor. I never saw him again. Oh. Well, even late, maybe he was half born by the time he walked in because he was, I don't know where he was, playing golf or whatever. Oh, I mean, he's a good doctor. I think there's a lot of good doctors. I just think that good doctors are made better by women who know what mm. they want. We, we tend to hand over authority of our bodies to sure. men mm. or to people in positions, you know. So, yeah, there's no doctor that can tell me anything (laughs) now. You know, if I don't feel it's right, I really know. So we talked about it and he said, do you want me to describe the surgery? I was like, no, just do it. 
you know, just, just get it done. But what he had said was that there was a 50% chance of relapse mm-hmm. that it won't hold. Because you're basically going in and you're stitching, literally stitching. The muscles back the together. The muscles back together. Oh. You know? From what I felt even later on, it wasn't a short, it wasn't like an, an inch. It was maybe a couple to three inches mm-hmm. long. Um, yeah, so I got ready. I think I explained it to my eldest daughter what was happening. Um, the younger ones, I think, went to my brother's place or whatever, and I planned the house. But the whole time I was talking about it, I think it was part of that denial, was I kept on saying, I'm going in for surgery. Mm. Just an hour and a half. I mean, anyway, I was a little bit in denial. So I went in for the surgery. Wait, just before you go on, did you get a second opinion? I didn't. I knew he was right. He explained it to me. In fact, he showed it to me. So we, I put, you know, we stood. So the examination was not done with me lying down. Because if you're lying down, all your organs kind of slip back. Okay. Right? So it's done. You stand and you put one leg up on a chair and he brings a mirror and he checks from underneath mm-hmm. to see what's happening. And he could see it. Like a mech. Like a mech. Aki like a mech. <laughs> Aki, but I think that that's how we should all do this thing of lying down with your legs. I mean, it felt a little bit odd, but it was what I had been doing. It's how I had been checking to see if everything was fine. It has to be done standing. So he looked and we looked with a mirror and he explained that is this prolapse. Your muscle has separated. And we talked about Kegels. And I remember asking him, was it my pregnancy? And he's like, no, it's not pregnancy related. A lot of people tend to think that um, these kind of problems come because of pregnancy, but they don't. He, Even though it is a cause. It, it can be. He said in his experience, it has never been. There has never been a correlation. Hmm. And we also had a fight with insurance when it came to pain because they said it was pregnancy related. Mm -hmm. And he just threw a lot of info. They still didn't pay, you know. But they say that this particular separation of the muscles has got nothing to do with pregnancy. Okay, understandable. So the loosening, the, the lack of sensitivity in your muscles and stuff like that, that can... Of course, you lose, okay, you're carrying, you know, three kilo, four kilo baby, right? And it's being held up by your pelvic floor. You're going to lose some sensitivity. You know what I mean? And you have to learn. So there's certain things that are pregnancy, like stress incontinence and stuff like that. But this separation, this specific thing, he said was not pregnancy. Okay. And anyway, the problem when I thought about it later, it started before I had my last Okay. You see what I mean? Yeah, and yeah. I had had a four-year gap between. So I yeah. knew that there was something that wasn't 100% right. And, um, yeah, so, so... So you went into surgery. Yeah, I did some Googling, and I spoke to my doctor. Mm. So I had, I had the OBGYN, and I had my doctor. And we, we, she, she asked me, and I think this is really important, um, do you feel that this will help? And I said, yes, it would. So she gave me her regime of her holistic, homeopathic, naturopathic stuff. And, you know, I went in for surgery, went in the night before. Um, I don't think I really told anybody because it's kind of that weird thing. My vaginal cavity has separated. You don't put it as Facebook. On Facebook status. <laughs> to say that you... With a picture like, <laughs> with a picture. going into surgery to fix the vag. <laughs> 
it's gonna be good after you be like what have you been walking around with all this time <laughs> like first person in there is gonna have a great time <laughs> I'm telling you Oh Those make for the best Facebook statuses. <laughs> I don't even, I think I told my mom. I didn't tell my mom, my sisters, you know, and I went in and, you know, I was quite nervous about it. I was really nervous about it. And I, at the point that I, so I, you know, I don't usually, anyway, I've just had so many problems with the doctors, but this guy really felt that he knew what he was doing. So, you know, um, I went in in the morning you know, they told me, why do they tell you to count until backwards from 99? And they know. know you're not going to reach to number four. You don't even get to 98. You don't even get to 98. You're not... 90. <laughs> it just lies. You know, why do they lie? You know. And um, so I came out of it. And I remember the first thing I did, I opened my eyes and I said, why was I under for so long? And they kind of like, you wouldn't know how long you were under. But I was under for, he had told me an hour and a half. I was under for two and a half hours. Because when he was in and he fixed, so he fixed the sister cell. And apparently between your, between your vagina, anus, and your susu hole. Mm-hmm. One, what is it? I don't know. <laughs> the perineum. So the perineum is supposed to be a certain length. Yeah. So when everything is okay, that should be a fixed length. Yes. He said that once he fixed the sister cell, when he looked at it, he realized, I don't know if it was too long or too short, mm-hmm. and that he went in and checked, and I had a rectal cell. So even the muscle in the rectum had separated. But that I wasn't noticing. Mm-hmm. Although later on, I was like, huh, okay, everything is back where it's supposed to be. So he had to go in and fix that. Actually, I was also asking... Why does my butt hurt? What did you guys do in my butt? Why was I under for so long and why does my butt hurt? Yeah, so he had to go in through the anus. Oh my gosh, no fun. Yes, yes, no fun. You were not awake for that. (laughs) I was was not ready for it. I was not ready. (laughs) Couldn't you have woken me up and said, okay, we're done with one? Yeah, we're going to do another one. We're going to go in again, so just be be knowing. Come come backwards again from 99. (laughs) 90, back. I'm down for another hour. So, so they found that I also had a rectal cell. Does the rectal cell uh, have any correlation with um, what is it that comes Pooping? out your piles? No I wonder. I don't know. Mm. Because when he told me, I was just so confused. I was like, so everything had separated. I just had muscles that had separated, and not, you know, and it's. Tiny little things, you know, that you don't really think about. For instance, when you go to wipe, you wipe, you know, from the front back. Mm -hmm. And you know where everything is supposed to be. Vagina, Mm -hmm. butt. Mm. Vagina, perineum, butt. Mm. I suddenly realized when I, you know, once I was healed and everything and I safely went to wipe my butt, that, oh, it was different. It was in the wrong place. It had been in the wrong place. Not for a long time, not as long as the, but it had definitely started separating. So I did this crazy thing where I acted like everything was fine. And the next weekend I just did cakes. You know, I just acted like everything was fine. I just went back. I mean, 
he was he was in he was by two weeks by the time I went to see him, he was amazed at how well the healing was going. Everything was going well. He left some so some stitches dissolved and some stitches are left. they much they take much longer to dissolve because you don't want to have the, the separation again. So my doctor, from weakening of the muscle uh, my in the natural, vagina, my, my regular doctor, she's a homeopath, naturopath, osteopath. Okay. She's just, she's just a wonderful, wonderful path. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> she's, but she had then, so after everything had healed and, you know, I talked to her about it and I was feeling much better and I had gotten some bloody rest because, you know, who the fuck needs rest? Women who have gone for surgery need rest, Mombi. Um, she told me about this midwife, a French midwife, who I should go and see, who would kind of help me get everything back where it's supposed to be. And this lady was called Anne. She has since left. So I'm sorry, we can't give you her telephone number unless you want to go to France because she moved there with her kids. And I went to see her and, you know, she understood the history and why I was going to see her. And then we started teaching me about my muscles again, all my muscles, all my pelvic floor muscles. And that's, that was super interesting. I think one of the reasons that I wanted to do it is that I wanted to gain control of my body again. I felt like somehow along the way I had let it go. I had stopped listening to it and I really needed to listen to it. And now like sometimes I just have to switch it off because I'm always listening to my body. Um, so I went in to see her and sat down with her. And this is standard for women in France. Postpartum, they go in for 10 sessions with, it's called a perineum re-education. So the idea is that when you've been, when you've been carrying a baby, your muscles are, are under so much strain that you no longer can really sense them. You know what I mean? And you need to remember where they are, okay? So you go in and uh, she does like um, a vaginal exam, I think, just to kind of understand where things are. Um, and I remember one of the first things I asked her is, can you feel a scar? You know what I mean? Because, it, it, you know, there was... Yeah. I think she said she could. I still, anyway, I think that there's a scar there. I feel like I can feel it, but it's probably nothing. Anyway, so she goes in. You do a little bit of stomach crunches and kind of squats while doing a Kegel. So you do it, you lift your legs up and you do a Kegel at the same time. I've got them written down. I'll write them down. Yes, please. <laughs> and then I'm, I'm going to post them in the description box. <laughs> just in case you want to do this magic. And then you lie down and she tells you, okay, hold like you're holding your pee. Now, what I would do is I would do a Kegel. And she'll tell me, no, no. Not everything. Just so, so. That's it. Just push down. So she'd have two fingers inside my vagina to give her feedback as to what whether I'm doing it right or not, because you can't tell by looking. Yeah. And she'd say, okay, there. And then she would say, okay, now hold poo and I would push up. So it's that poo muscle that pushes up, and I'd only be allowed to do it by itself. So we only did those two, I think, the first time. And then as those two strengthened, she told me, okay, now push from the side. I was like, the side? Pushing which side? side? Which side? What are you talking about? <laughs> There's no side. 
if that is just one thing, yeah. she was like, no, you can, so you can actually push your, I'm trying to see if I can still do it, yeah, you can push your vaginal muscle on the side, like the one at your leg, towards the other leg. Like only on one side? Only on one side. Push it that way. Wow. <laughs> Ladies. <laughs> Yeah. Once I learned this shit, no dick stands a chance. <laughs> That's push. And then the other side, you have another muscle. So you can bring this side, you know, the left towards the right and the right towards the left. You mean you can play games? You can play. Like, you, you can, can push, juggle. You can throw it. You can ping pong. Okay, go on, please go on. So those were the three. Then there was one more, which was a hold and a pull up. So she would say, like okay, sucking. Yes. So hold my fingers and pull them up like an elevator. So she'd say, hold, close the door. So that means holding it and then pull up, 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 fourth floor, fifth floor. How high can you oh, go? Oh, that one I can do. I can do that one. That's what you can That's do. That's what I can that do. That one you're fine. That one is magic. I consider it like milking. You see, I was learning all this in the capacity of just fixing shit. Not learning. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, it yeah, never yeah, occurred yeah. to me even. Now I'm thinking. The, the magic you can the do. The magic that I can do. <laughs> so I went for 10. So at the end of it, what you should be able to do is hold, poop, muscle, hold side, hold top. Hold this side. So you should be able to rotate those muscles round. Ah. And then pull okay. suck. And then suck in. You should be able, and you should do it controlled. Which means that now you have complete control over every pelvic floor muscle. Which Kegel does not give you. Okay. You see what I mean? Kegel just tells you, grab all of them. Yeah. Even that weak guy, yeah. uh, just leave him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So you're not really knowing every single muscle that you're supposed to be able to control, yeah, yeah. to control and strengthen. So what you do is that, okay, so let's say she'll say, okay, we're going to do 10 of one muscle. So you would take a deep breath and you would blow out and hold. And you should be able to hold it till 10. And then if you can hold it till 10, you're inside. Mm. You know what I mean? And then we would do that. And, and it's surprisingly tiring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because even tiny little muscles. I think it's tiring as well, but this I can imagine isolating. Yeah. Your eyes must be crossing. You're just looking at how you're closing and how you're (laughs) praying. Aki, please, please let me graduate with honors. Honors. After this. (laughs) After this. Yeah, and please write me a letter so that I can tell. So (laughs) is there a certificate that comes? (laughs) (laughs) It's about to change the subject. (laughs) I have very many questions for you. Okay. Yeah. Um, oh, and then at the end, 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 she gives you um, vaginal weights. So four, okay. and I meant to carry. Do you them. put them in like a yoni? Do you like tie you, them? Ne- yeah, it's your like a yoni, yoni egg, egg, but it, this one comes with a string, they're silicone, and they're different weights. Oh. So you start with the lightest one. Okay. Then you do the second one. Then you go until the heaviest one. Then you can take a break for six weeks because everything is good. I think you, you do it, and, and the kind of things that she'd advise you to do is climb stairs. If you can climb stairs with a uni egg, things are holding. Okay. And one of the things that I found out when I was doing research for this conversation was your vaginal muscles are always working. They're never relaxed. Mm. They're always working. Please do me a favor and let me know if she's able to do online consultancies. 
because I'm pretty sure there's women out there who would be interested in, even if it's just like doing a Skype consultancy or whatever. Yeah, with her. yeah, I'll ask her. I'll yeah, ask her because that would be really great. Really I think great. I loved her so much. I love her already. I don't even know her. You never said what your doctor said the cause of your prolapse was. Okay. So afterwards, when we were kind of talking about it, she, he said it's possibly genetic. He says that from the research that he did, and this is very strange, and I hope nobody, I mean, my name is Mumbi, so nobody's going to take this shit badly. Kikuyu women are more likely that at some point in, he, I, I, I never found any research to support it, but he had come from a conference that it was a sign of um, honor to have a complete prolapse. Uh-huh. Like the thing is hanging. It's yes. hanging yeah, yeah, yeah. out. That's a, that's a stage four yes. prolapse. Yes. Um, so he thought it was just genetic. He said that, you know, my... Which means there's probably like a you. generation of um, women who are walking around with stage four vaginal prolapses thinking that it's normal. But it's a basement. We don't talk about it. Of course. You just look the other way. Oh, my gosh. I mean, to think. So he said it was genetic. He never said that it was anything that I had done. You know what I mean? It wasn't something that could have been, you know, if I... He says that he has seen prolapses with women who have never had children. Yeah. He has seen prolapses in, you know, 20-year-olds. Wow. Young women. So... He, I don't know. He said that he doesn't know. He thought that with me and with my name and my heritage, that that could be it a possibility. Was, yeah, could have been a possibility. It's just genetic. Okay, because um, a lot of the online research that I've done usually just blames it on childbirth or menopause. Yeah, but it's he was adamant about, about it child, not being, being childbirth. Okay. He was adamant about it. So would you say that? Okay. Maybe what it did, maybe childbirth will aggravate the symptoms. Okay. You know what I mean? So you'll see it more because you've carried a child and you're using those muscles. For example, had you not had your last born, and you wouldn't have known. Yes. It wouldn't have shown up as, as well. Maybe yeah. it would have just have been, yeah, maybe it would have been one of those squeezes. <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah. So. Um, have you found that there were any diets that helped you? Did you change the way that you were eating during recovery time? No. Oh, I'm stubborn. And then what with food? No, with every what, when I was recovering. Yeah, I'm really stubborn. I just don't like. I just don't believe that I should be ever unwell. It's so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> it's so stupid. But I was put on a homeopathic course of medicine. Actually, I'm interested to know what that course of medicine was. So I, you know, and I, you know, and if okay, you, if it actually helped, of course, it, yeah, it helped tremendously. Now I'll I'll give a small warning. Homeopathy is not like allopathy. Allopathic medicine is like Panadol, aspirin. You know, so you've got a headache, I give you Panadol. You've got a backache, I give you Panadol. You stump your toe, I give you Panadol. Homeopathic medicine doesn't work like that. Mm -hmm. It works on symptoms. And so you might have a headache and I'll give you a different homeopathic remedy because it's a frontal headache or it's a pounding. What kind of a headache is? It's a pounding headache, it's a shooting headache. So, but for this for surgery, I think she gave me arnica, and arnica is quite a common homeopathic remedy mm-hmm. to reduce swelling. Um, a 
two days or a day and a half later, I called her because anesthesia slows down your bowels. I'm very regular and mm. bowels were not moving. So she gave me a remedy called Nux Vomica, which is a perfect, fantastic hangover remedy. <laughs> it just, <laughs> so what, <laughs> it's wonderful. <laughs> but I remember, and I've been doing homeopathy for the past uh, 10 years, and it still surprises me. But so she told me, you know, take Nux and take it like this, because I was telling her, I know the poop is there. And I just wanted to go to the light, you know, and get, you know, because you feel, yeah. you know, and nothing was moving. Was it like constipation? It's like constipation, but it's worse. Well, I don't know if it's worse. Anyway, so she, so it's, it's also, Nux Vomica is also a constipation remedy. It's okay. an, you're trying to do something and it's not working. That's Nux. You know, like when you feel really nauseous, when you're hungover and you just think, if I threw up, I'd feel better. Yeah. If I pooped, but I'd then feel you better, but you can't. So, so the feeling is not like constipation where you want to poop, but it really hurts and it's no. not coming out. This is just, you know that it's in there, but you know that it's not moving. Ah, got it. Got it. So she told me to take the nuts. She told me, you know, take one, you know, this dose every 15 minutes until you feel a movement. So the first dose I took, and then I was sitting there praying. But the first thing I did was I tasted anesthetic. It's like the anesthetic was literally being pushed out of my body. That's what Max does. It kind of gets... This is post-surgery. This is post-surgery. Oh, so this happens all the time. This happens all the time with people who've, who've been in surgery. That yes. constipated feeling. Yes. I, I, that oh my constipated God. feeling. It's awful. Last year I had surgery and I didn't even know about that feeling. But like, my shit ripped my asshole really because how long were you after the surgery before you actually managed to poop maybe like question. three days you see Let's see oh my god i wish i had known i was giving you knocks yeah i was in america i had in i had, I had um uh i had to have emergency surgery because i had i ruptured say? a cyst an ovarian cyst oh, really yeah just like <laughs> coming from watching robin thick Enter the house, then suddenly it's like, Pain. like yeah. And I didn't know what it was. It, I didn't even know what it felt like. People, like the people who are the two girls I was staying with, sure, mm. one of them, all went to like the chemist and bought actal tums, thinking it was acid. I was just like, I don't know what it is. And it was a ruptured cyst. Well, it was cyst. on its way to rupturing. No, it, that must it have ruptured. been. It had already ruptured. It ruptured. That's why I had to go into surgery because I had internal bleeding. Oh shit! Yeah. So the whole t- and I refused to go to the hot to the doctors because I was just like, hey, yeah. I didn't get travel insurance. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Are you, are you now going to always have? Oh, I paid for <laughs> the year. I paid did. for the year. Yeah, I'm just like, I ain't about that life. Yeah, so with me, it was, I think, I'm trying to remember, it must have been the next day. I was like, I know I need to poop. I know. So I took it, and by the, the second dose, it had seen the light on its way out. But I think the trick is um, do what your body wants. Relax, sleep, if you want to drink soup. I think in most of life's things, do what your body needs. Do what your body wants. Yeah. Don't fight it. Don't say, oh, I must, you know. My body usually wants to sleep most of the time. Yeah. 
Like now even? Yeah. Like you can take a nap? I could totally nap right now. <laughs> it's terrible because then I tell myself at three o'clock in the afternoon, yeah, my body just wants to nap, so... So it nap. Phone off. It's just like, it's also a very waste of time. <laughs> no, but you can wake up at seven o'clock, have dinner, and you're bored until two that's, in the morning. That's true. It's true. <laughs> but do I do that? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> Therein lies the problem. <laughs> to binging on Netflix. <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. Yes. Oh gosh, yes. Oh, see my life. No, I think that we always, I always feel guilty when I have a day like that. Yeah. I just feel guilty and I'm wondering, who oh, am I feeling guilty yeah. for? When it's time to work, I work. Yeah. 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 Why can't I just lay in bed and do nothing? Yeah. Eat crisps. Yeah, it's not like you gotta do that the whole week. But it's yeah. even that one day, like you Hugging the guilt. and two bags of crisps. Oh come my on. gosh. Come on. We deserve oh, these days. No. <laughs> do we deserve, we deserve the thighs? <laughs> do we deserve the thighs? <laughs> thighs are good, they're squishy. <laughs> they hold thunder and lightning. Who was it who was saying it to you? <laughs> So that the thunder and lightning hold things. You know, if you're going to drop things, you can bring your legs together, oh, and they'll stop it. It just doesn't thighs. go straight through. That's what I. That's what I'm going to call my my side like, pelvic muscles. Yeah, the ones that thunder play and lightning. <laughs> that's thunder and lightning, right there. That's thunder and lightning. Before you went to see, when you had noticed that there was something off with your vagina, the handbag feeling, mm. was there any pain related to it? No. At no point was there any pain, just no. like None. that odd feeling. No. But if you check, you know, I don't know why I knew this, but um, the vaginal cavity, yeah, the vagina itself, we're not talking about the clitoris, yeah, yeah, labia, yeah. Um, not the vaginal G-spot, canal. Yeah, the vaginal canal mm. has got very few, what are they called? The things nerve that, endings. Nerve endings. Okay. Very few. And it makes sense. Babies are supposed to pass through there. You yeah. can't be screaming, whatever. You know what I mean? So there was no pain. There was nothing. And you know what's odd is, I was talking to a girlfriend of mine who's a personal trainer, and she had two clients who were just tired of trying to fix their tummies after they have babies and were ready to go for tummy tuck. And they go in and they find out that they've got a two-inch separation in the muscles of their stomach wall. You don't feel it. They had no idea. You just kind of sense that things are not quite right, but there's no pain associated. Mm. Would be nice if there was something other than the, you and that thing you to can't be. describe to, to a doctor even. Yeah. Yeah. Oh gosh. And if the doctor is not sensitive and they just think that you're being hysterical. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. You're just being hysterical. Like most doctors do. Like most doctors do. Like most doctors, nurses everything yeah. medical i went into nairobi hospital this was a they way. believe most people are like hypochondriacs right? they think that women are mm. i went in i had woken up with such severe ear pain that all i could do was cry not not weeping just tears were flowing down my face we rushed to nairobi hospital and you know anybody who knows me first of all i mean i'm not a whaler okay i am when I'm alone. But, you know, I'm usually not overly dramatic about pain. My labor is basically me glaring at people and waiting for us to get over with this so that I can push and the baby comes and then we're done, you know. I couldn't get hold of, the. you know, my doctor, my wonderful path, is not always, a. she's not a 24-hour doctor, you know. Actually, there's no such thing as a 24-hour 
24-hour doctor. So I, I, um, my husband rushed me to the Nairobi hospital and I went in and I said, I have ear pain, severe ear pain. And I'm not, I'm just sobbing gently, you know, just <laughs> because the pain was so severe. And the nurse comes and tells me, mm, do you know that, can you calm down so that your blood pressure can come down? Because you being upset has increased your blood pressure. So I asked her, is it possible that my blood pressure is increased because I'm in pain? And she said, yes. Stupid nurse. Did you smack her? No, then I don't know what she, she went out and she came back. I stopped crying. I wiped my, I told her, let me tell you, you need to get that fuck out of this cubicle and send a nurse who's going to take care of me and not sit here and judge me. Get the fuck out. Then I went back to cry. <laughs> but I held the tears. So yeah. there was all this thing where, I, you know, you can't talk to a nurse like that. I said, yes, I fucking can. I'll talk to all of you. You can't help me. Then I just said, no, let's go. Then a doctor came, same shit. This is just an overdrama. You know, I mean, there's women who have gone in with burst appendix who have not been dealt with, who yeah. have died because it's it's horrifying. Anyway, but that's another, heard, is that another podcast? Because I've also heard the stories of women in labor. It sometimes happens that women in labor are shut up by nurses and told yeah. that they're being overdramatic. Yeah. Or I've heard stories well, don't, about... Don't make noise. Yeah, and if you make noise, sometimes they, they can opt not to tend to you. Or they tell you that you're wasting energy. I'm like, I'm giving birth. I think I've got all the energy that I need. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. you're not allowed to groan or moan, which is really one of the things that, okay, this is a separate thing. You're told that during sex, the idea of opening your mouth and ah, oh, is good for the vagina. It's good. It enhances. I've never heard that. You've yet. never heard that? No. <laughs> you relax your jaw yeah. and you are. Ah, and oh, it's you know, good. You know, I'm just, I'm, I'm also just generally like really loud in bed. So I'm, I'm always eyeing <laughs> <I'm> and <laughs> ooing. But I think that women tend to not want to. But mm. it's just not good for your vagina. You have to have a loose mouth. What's, what's the, so I what's think the, that, what's the what's the relationship? So I don't know what the relationship the is. I don't know. I don't know. But I always think if, if somebody's in labor and I kind of do that for my friends, I usually tell them relax your jaw, relax. Let your jaw hang loose. Let your mouth hang loose, oh. and that usually opens everything up. Opens, opens us. You know, we live lives of being told to be quiet. Yeah, and close yeah, our mouths girl. when we laugh. That's yeah. why a lot of girls yeah. laugh like this. Yeah. yeah, and men are just ha ha ha. Yeah, yeah. freaking fun. <laughs> anyway, um, can you talk a little bit more about how the prolapse affected your sex life? I felt that it was different. I felt that I couldn't feel anything. And afterwards, after the remedy, <laughs> I was curious as to whether he made things more sensitive, like I was more sensitive, you know. Um, G-spot was a lot more. It was just, okay, because I guess women have different areas, arousal areas. For me, clitoral arousal is too sensitive. You have to go there with a feather. Is this before or after? Okay, you see there's many befores. 
before the before before I had my first born I had very little sensitivity after I had her I went to a gynecologist and asked her did that baby put things where they were supposed to be because I didn't understand that things were so much better but even after the surgery everything was better I felt better I felt like I could feel everything more you know what I mean I mean there's no point of having Jesus, if my child ever listens to this thing, anyway, they'll, they'll understand their mother. There's no point of having a dick inside your vagina and you can't feel it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's kind of a waste of the whole sexual The experience. reason, yeah, the reason for it. So I, I did feel like I didn't have sensitivity. You know, like, I'm trying to remember, it was quite some years ago, but I felt like I didn't have any sensitivity not enough for it to be something that I wanted to do. And then, of course, after the surgery, you're scared. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't know, Aki, will this penis rip open my, my stitches? Mm-hmm. You know so what I mean? It's hard for you to focus on the intimacy. Yeah, the intimacy. So it took a while. It took a while. But now I'm... God. I'm fine. Yeah. yeah it yeah. works. Everything. Yeah, she it works. works. She's Everything. Working. Everything is good. I, I think I went back to see him. He was just amazed. He was like, this one is going to stick. You know, you're not 50%, oh. yeah. Because it's been, how many years? It's been six years. And everything is exactly where it's supposed to be. Yeah, and yeah. this was because of the combination of all the doctors that you went yeah. to see. And yeah, and just kind of not understanding and also not being aware. So if you feel that something is not right, don't let them tell you it's fine. It's not fine. You know your body. You know, you know. And I think for women, we're told so much. I mean, this is why the, the spread is so wonderful because we're being told that vagina of yours, it's yours. You better know it the yeah. way you know your nose. You know what I mean? Yeah. You should know. You should know what's going on there. So just get to know it. Understand when it's happy. Understand when it's sad. And understand when it's looking, feeling like a handbag. You know, and be aware of it. Yeah. yeah. C- can women have children after vaginal prolapses? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. If I had wanted it, I, told, I told you it was a geriatric pregnancy. I wasn't going to have more kids. But yeah, you can have more kids afterwards. Okay. You can. Yeah. Um, what would you wrap up with? A condom. <laughs> <laughs> I would just... But the reason that I wanted to tell the story was um, it's never too late to just check and see. It's never too late to know what your body feels like, to own your body from head to toe. You know, we talk about, you know, my dress, my choice. We talk about, you know, um, you know, the whole thing in Ireland about, you know, my body, my choice, whether I'm going to carry a baby or not is my body or my choice. But I don't think we really take it down to absolutely everything about your body. You know what I mean? And just not allowing, we give a lot of power to our men out of love, out of devotion, out of responsibility, out of culture, whatever we do. Um, But we should never give our bodies, never. Let's stop. And just own your body. And that's that's it. Because me, I'm telling you, I own this shit. That's you know, awesome. head to toe. If I'm if I'm not comfortable about something, I'm just not comfortable about it. And 
And I wish I had known this when I was my daughter's age, you know, she's 19 and she knows, she knows what she's comfortable about. She knows what she's uncomfortable about, you know. So I she's just... She's got a good head on her shoulders. She does. Yeah. I put that head right there. <laughs> With that vagina. <laughs> With the very same one. Yeah. You know, I just wanted, I really want my daughters to be, to understand their bodies. And I want my son to respect the female body, to understand that he is going to get benefits because he's a man and to use that it's benefit, like privilege. to use that privilege, use it when you see that somebody's losing out because they're a woman. That's, you know, that's the thing that I want. That's, that's very well put. Yeah. I hope I manage. You manage. Uh, one down, three to go. <laughs> but even conversations about periods or breasts or anything to do with the girls, my son sits in. You okay. should know. That's good. It's not going to be like a 30-year-old that, you know, thinks that women cut themselves once a month yeah. and bleed. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Or they think that it's gushing, you know. Yeah. Anyway, so I don't know how to wrap up. Okay, I've really talked. Also, that's a nice ending. <laughs> Is it? Yeah. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> it can really be that simple. <laughs> Soon after my conversation with Mumbi, I gave my personal OBGYN a ring just to ask her for a medical perspective on vaginal prolapse. Anyone needing her contacts, please find them in the description box below and let her know you got her digits from Kaz. So I'm Dr. Martha Kuruga. I'm an obstetrician gynecologist. So I'm based in Westlands and on Gong Road. I'm just in private practice, but available in most of the main hospitals in Nairobi. Yes, but it's actually the commonest cause mm especially people who've had difficult labor and long, difficult deliveries. There's a lot of trauma during childbirth on the pelvic floor, what is called pelvic floor muscles. Mm -hmm. So with repeated childbirth, that weakens. So, and that's the reason why we say post-delivery, there's some exercises we do to sort of regain the tone on that floor. Okay. So that's just one of the causes. Yeah. But also some people have what we call tissue, a connective tissue disease where you just have tissues in the body being a lot weaker than should be. Mm. And some people uh, have like a higher BMI, obesity is associated with a weak pelvic floor. Okay. And also a lot of times it happens after menopause. Just because because the hormones drop, the main hormone in the woman's body, which is estrogen, which is key in the strength of the muscles on the pelvic floor drops. So after menopause, you find the muscles are really weak down there. So then they get vaginal prolapse. There are different vague symptoms. We call them vague because sometimes it will not be obvious until like the organs are coming out of the vagina. Mm. So we have the early signs. So usually somebody can feel like there's something just heavy down in the vagina. Like so we, we say someone feels like they're sitting on a ball. Mm. That's the easiest description. Uh, some people find they have a problem completely emptying the bladder or the rectum. Mm. So you feel like someone has to push. Uh, so hard for stools to come and urine to come completely. 
some people get just repeat urine tract infection. So when people have been treated severally, severally for infection in the urine tract, may be a sign there may be some degree of vaginal prolapse. A repeated UTIs can be, it's not always, but can be. Okay a sign because usually the prolapse is seated with incomplete emptying of the bladder. So when there's incomplete emptying, then there's a bit of recurrent um, urine tract infection. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people get painful sex, feel pain during sex. And, and sometimes if it's a, a later degree, you can actually see some tissues coming out when someone is pushing down. Mm-hmm. Like for a long call, the tissue from within, from the vagina, come outside. So they see some like fleshy mass that comes out and goes back in. Wow. So, but that now that's a later that's a later stage. We we sort of try and prevent the um, risk factor. So, of course, someone who is um, who has obesity, we encourage weight loss. Mm-hmm. People who smoke heavy tend to have a bit of the tissue disorders and associated also that loose pelvic floor, we, we avoid the smoking. Mm-hmm. Then there's exercise, we call Kegel exercises after childbirth. That is key with every delivery because then it helps to keep the muscle tone mm-hmm. after birth. Mm-hmm. So we encourage um, as soon as patients recover from 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 the delivery like by six weeks they should start doing the kegel exercises and the key usually is to know how to do the kegel exercises so that someone is not doing it wrong and and the easiest way we say is try and cut the urine midstream stopping the urine midstream uses all the pelvic floor muscles so when someone learns that art it's something they can do eight even eight to ten times in a day so that's the best way to prevent later prolapse. And of course, some prolapse happens after surgery, like when the uterus is removed. So that we are able to prevent as, as a doctor by making sure that we lift the support of, of, of the vagina once we are done with surgery so that we know it's fixed, it's not going to come down. The, the best thing is if someone is going to have a vaginal delivery then, it's 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 going to traumatize. You know how you fix it is surgical. You're trying to reinforce. It's like something someone does every time post delivery and as a routine to keep doing the kegel exercises. Just make sure that the tone stays well to not need surgery. But after surgery, then may not be advisable to then go ahead and do vaginal bath again because then it traumatizes the repair. Depend on age and other medical issues, how we repair vary. So for most for most people, we just fix the 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 the, the, um, the loose muscle mm-hmm. such that we retain the vaginal length and tone, so the sexual function remains normal. But for very elderly patients who probably the organs are completely falling out, sometimes we can decide to close the vagina because they're not having sex. Mm. So that, that's on the extreme. And you see that also comes with extremes of age. Yeah. Considering then we also don't have much of the tissue to, to anchor with. Yeah. So at that point, we do that because we don't expect them to also be having sex. Okay. But for a normal young reproductive age woman, then normal function is fully resumed after repair. By the time it's even noticeable, I mean, it's on the outside. 
So it means it comes all the way out of the vagina and that's now the biggest risk for infection. So probably in their culture is the thought that the more, you know, it's also associated with multiple childbirth. Someone who's had seven, eight, nine children has completely lose, lose um, pelvic floor. But so the owner would probably be many children, but that, that, that would definitely need to be fixed. Shouldn't be like a sense of pride. That's worrying. So maybe we need to put it out there that it's actually a disease that needs to be fixed. Yeah. Also, depending on age, sometimes we just advise them to to try and do exercises, or we give some support. There's some some rings we can give for the much older women to just lift the organs up without having to do surgery. Not everyone gets surgery because sometimes the older women are afraid of surgery, and also sometimes we imagine that the, the, the tissues you're trying to strengthen are not there to begin with. So we can use their other conservative, we call them conservative measures. So we have like vaginal rings that are able to put things back in without having to go through surgery. So everything, irrespective of age, every person can have it fixed. Uh, I think that's um, in brief, what vaginal prolapse is, uh, would say that anybody who feels uncomfortable, we say, and most people say uncomfortable down there, just like it's something hanging there or something you're sitting on. They're, they're very subtle symptoms, but have a gynecologist check. Even as they screen for cervical cancer with pap smear, they're able to notice if there's a prolapse. So, and that it shouldn't be a taboo, it's fixable. And that's all we got for you today, folks. Please don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and follow us on all of our social networks. We are at The Spread Pod on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We have so much amazing stuff coming for you this summer. For those of us who are listening from the U.S., I am going to be there with you quite soon. And there's going to be so much exciting, sexy stuff to look forward to. So please stay tuned to the social medias because that's where i'm going to be posting everything if there's anything in particular you guys want me to talk about please be sure to hit me up in my inbox that's host at the and i will be happy to talk about whatever it is y'all want to be listening to until next time folks goodbye for me Be with me.